Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Light, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. He can make it right because at the cross, He turned this world upside down and forever bought our pardon. So right now, in your own way, they're going to do this course just once more. Just don't sing. Just talk to Jesus and thank Him for His goodness and His grace and His mercy. Thank you, Lord. that you're here. We're, uh, we're several weeks into a series we called The Voice, and here's what it is. It's, it's this truth, that the most influential voice in all of human history, the most influential voice in all of the world that ever has been or ever shall be is the voice of Jesus Christ. The most influential voice in human history is Jesus Christ. Even people who don't claim him as Messiah don't believe him to be deity, understand Time Magazine said he was the most influential voice of all history. And so I want to read this passage to you from the Message Bible. I read it to you a couple weeks ago, and I just love the way the Message Bible reads Matthew chapter 7. So it'll be, it's not in your bulletin, it'll be on the screen behind me. These words I speak to you, Jesus speaking, are not incidental additions to your life. They're not trophies for your trophy shelf, in other words. Not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're a smart carpenter. Who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down. The river flooded. A tornado hit. But nothing moved that house because it was fixed to the rock. But if you use my words in Bible studies only and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter. Who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed 
like a house of cards. How many of you want a solid foundation? That's what this series has been all about is the words of Jesus. And, and we're going to continue that today. I want to start this by telling you this. I have attention issues. Anyone else have attention issues? Um, thank you for two honest people. I have major attention issues. Sometimes I have to intentionally focus on a conversation or a book. I have to intentionally listen to what, what's going on around me. It's, it's a... It's a real struggle. It's something that I have to work very hard on. And I was telling somebody the other day, I have in my office right back there three banks of fluorescent lights. And if I'm studying or reading, I have to turn them off and turn other lights on because if they're on, I hear this. And it makes me want to poke my ears out. It's just, it just drives me crazy. And y'all are looking at me like I've lost my mind, but that's just how I live my life. I, I, I have to do things to make sure that I'm not distracted because I'm distracted very easily. Anyone else distracted easily? A couple of you. Hallelujah. Sometimes our world is loud. Would you agree with that? Would you agree that sometimes the world around us just is Loud. Sometimes it's loud because of your schedule. We'll call it calendar chaos. Anybody ever experienced calendar chaos? It, it's, it's a real thing, isn't it? And doesn't it isn't, it, isn't it loud? Sometimes it's just the, the hecticness of our life. Sometimes it's a relational issue. How many know that when things aren't right in your relationships that it can get loud? Sometimes financial stuff causes the noise to be loud and sometimes addiction and struggle makes our world loud and we have a hard time focusing our attention on where it really should be we are easily distracted by the competing voices in our world how many know that God's voice carries but if we have too many competing voices in our lives sometimes his voice can get lost in the noise I don't want that for us I believe that I believe that God has a plan for us to be able to cut through the noise and here's I'm going to give you a key today that if you'll if you'll pay attention now some of you are relatively new to church so you need to focus but I'm going to tell you who might really need to focus those of you that have been in the church 60 years. Because you've heard all the sermons. You've been to all the Sunday school classes. You've heard it all. And I'm going to tell you not to discount the simplicity of what I'm getting ready to tell you. Because Jesus gave us a, a, a clue as to how to cut through some of, these, some of the competing voices. Some of the noise in our life when he said this in Mark chapter 7, verse 14. Again, Jesus called to the crowd and said, listen to me. Listen to me. Three very powerful, incredibly powerful words. In fact, turn to somebody beside you and say, listen to me. Actually, turn to the same person and say, never mind, listen to Jesus. How many know that... Me will get you in the wrong place, right? I know that was horrible grammar, but leave me alone. 
Here's the first thing. Jesus said, listen to me. Here's the first thing that I want to establish today before we go any further. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Would you agree with that? That there's a difference between hearing and listening. I'm going to give you a definition of what it means to listen. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. To take notice of. Listen is to take notice of and act on what someone says. It's not just that you hear them. It's not just that you believe them, but you do something about it. I'll give you an example. How many of you have ever been to a doctor and they said to you, the doctor said something like this, you need to lay off the fried foods. Anybody? Oh, I'm the only one in this. Come on. Lay off the fried foods. Lay off the fatty foods. Now, you hear them and believe them, but you hadn't really listened unless you do what? Lay off the fatty foods. See, there's a difference between hearing and listening. And the difference is listening compels you to make a change, to act, to do something about what you heard. And so now here's what Jesus tells us about listening. I love this passage of scripture. And we could spend a whole lot of time in just these five verses that I'm going to read to you. For the sake of time, we're going to... We're just going to go to, to the part we're going to talk about. But if you're a, if you're a student of Scripture, man, you ought, to, you ought to spend some time in John chapter 10. It's an amazing passage of Scripture. John chapter 10, first five verses, okay? And I'm going to point out a couple of, uh, couple of key words as we go through. It'll be on the screen behind me. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone? And for those of you that might not understand, Pharisees were religious leaders in that day. And Jesus probably had more conflict with highly religious people than he did anybody else on the planet. I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Just going to take really quickly and tell you this. Here's who Jesus was telling us was the thief and the robber. Was a man-made, man-centered religion. See, that's what the Jewish community had become in that day. Was a very man-rule-centered, self-centered religion. And Jesus was saying, There's, that's not the way. Then he goes on to say in verse 2, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. He's speaking of himself. The gatekeeper, speaking of his father, opens the gate for him. And the sheep, I got you, you got to get this part, the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. How many know Jesus knows your name? Man, you know, if you don't hear anything else. He knows your name. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're walking through. He knows your name. He knows you intimately. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep, you got to get this, follow him because they, what? Know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Can I, I, I know we've prayed a whole bunch, but I just, I, I, want, I want God to just speak to your heart today. Lord, I just pray you take these next few moments. God, and you just, you change our lives with the authority and the power of your word. God, my words don't carry a whole lot of weight, but your words will change lives and change seasons and change circumstances. Would you do that in Jesus' name? Hey, I'm going I'm to give you something that's so foundational you're going to go. I heard that in Sunday school. And here's the first thing we get in John chapter 10. Jesus is the shepherd. 
and those who follow him are sheep. Well, that's profound, isn't it? That just blew you away from the very beginning. Because Here's what you said. We, we learned that in Sunday school 30 years ago. We, vacation Bible school. We've heard that all of our lives. We know that. I don't think so. I don't think we've grasped the idea that he's the shepherd and we're the sheep. Have you ever seen... Sheen. Have you ever... Seen, have you ever seen a sheep tell the shepherd where to go? That would look stupid, wouldn't it? Hey, we're going to go through this pasture, and when you get to the elm tree, hang a right. No. But don't we do that with Jesus? God, this is the kind of life I want. This is the kind, this is how I want my wife to behave, and this is the kind of car I want to drive, and this is the kind of job I want to have, and this is the kind of income I need, and this. Sheep don't tell a shepherd where to go. A sheep is lost. Without its shepherd. A sheep will never take a step ahead of its shepherd. If you really want to be a sheep, then he goes before you. He paths the, the, he, he charts the path. He opens the doors. He leads and guides and directs. And we... See, we, we've heard the whole, Jesus is the great shepherd. We're the sheep. We've heard that all of our lives. I don't think we get it. I don't think we understand that he genuinely wants to lead and guide and direct us. But sometimes we don't let him because we're so far out in front of him. That we can't see him. See, before we go any further, I need you to know that Jesus is the shepherd. And if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're genuinely going to be a Christ follower, you must let him call the shots. You must let him lead and guide and direct The second thing is his sheep know his voice. So I'm wondering, is that, does that just happen? That we just know his voice? Because because we pray a prayer asking Christ to enter our lives and make a commitment to a church and make a commitment to follow Jesus. Do we just intrinsically from that point know his voice? Is it some just supernatural Uh, impartation that we get where we just automatically learn to recognize his voice I thought that was a good question so I did a little word study on that word no and it's a it's a Greek word called Ido you don't need to know that after today but just know this it's it's a word and it appears some 900 times in different contexts in the New Testament here's what it means it means an acquired skill see there are things that you just intrinsically know how to do Anybody teach your newborn baby how to cry? No. But they probably had to learn how to do multiplication tables. There's a difference between what we know intrinsically and what we acquire by practice. And I'm going to tell you that the way you know his voice is to do what he said. Listen to me. See, we... We had this idea, and, and I'm gonna, I told them in the prayer room that I, I was going to get a mean, and y'all know me, I'm not mean, but I'm just going to say some things that are just true, that are hard to hear. We have this idea that we can, we can call ourselves believers, never talk to Jesus, never open his Bible, and just somehow everything's going to work out okay. That's not how life works. 
That's not how God designed it. Jesus said, listen to me. Let me tell you another reason it's important. Because if you know Jesus' voice, he said you wouldn't follow a stranger's voice. See, hearing one voice, excuse me, when you know his voice, a stranger's voice will seem strange. Yeah? Maybe it looks like this. I remember, um, anybody ever taken small children to Disney World? It's, it's, it was the highlight of some of our experiences as a family in many ways, but there was this one particular year that we'd gone, and it was packed. I guess it's always packed, but it was people everywhere. It's 473 degrees. And, and so when you have small children, the, the wonder and amazement in their eyes is in one way a blessing and in one way is a curse because they'll forget you're there. And so you, you're, you're listening and watching for your children all the time. <coughs> Darling, will you get me a bottle of water? <coughs> Thank you. So you're watching for your children all the time, listening for your children. Now listen, in that environment, you're going to hear the word daddy 800 times. But when it's yours and you hear daddy, you, do you have to wonder whose child? No. You know exactly when your child calls your name. See, I'm going to tell you that there's a lot of strangers. There's a lot of strangers' voices that will call and compete for your attention. And the only way to know when a stranger's voice is vying for your attention is for you to be intimately familiar with the voice of Jesus. The voice of the Spirit of God. Thank you so much. So here's what I'm going to tell you. That hearing one voice in the middle of the noise requires focus. And what I want to give you today, and those of you who saw my cute little downtown Loganville video this past week, I told you that I was going to talk to you about a blessing from God that will act as a filter in your life. That will help you understand the voice of Christ. That will help you understand His way and purpose and plan. I'm going to talk to you about a blessing from God that he's given us that will amplify the voice of Christ, the voice of the Spirit of God in your life in a way that no other thing can. The voice of Christ is revealed, listen, primarily in the pages of Scripture. Lost you then, didn't I? You're just going to talk to us about reading our Bibles. No, I'm not. I'm going to talk to you about knowing the voice of your Father. About learning who the person of Christ is. The work and person of the Holy Spirit. Because He blessed you with 66 books that will tell you who He is and how He does things. And the sad, cold, hard truth of the matter is we have neglected it. Remember that that passage I read at the very beginning? These are words to build your life on. And we're quite content with them just simply being Facebook memes. 
And I'm going to tell you that it was much, it was always intended to be much more, more than that. Jesus wants you to know him through the power of his word. And what I'm going to do over the next few moments is I'm going to give you some hearing aids. Because I, Don and I have been doing this for a little while now. We got some friends here from Statesboro that we, that I was just so overjoyed at seeing them walk in the door. And, and here's, here's the deal. Don and I have been doing this for a little while now. And I have fussed at teenagers and adults alike about picking up their Bibles and making it an active part of their life. And I'm not going to fuss anymore. I'm going to show you some things today that many of you already know. I'm going to show you some things today, and if you'll, if you'll apply them to your lives, if you'll weave them into the fabric of your life, it will change every part of your life. If you don't, it won't. I had a conversation with somebody not too long ago that said, all I have to do is, is quote God's word and all of my problems will be fine. And I said, you're wrong. The devil can quote God's word. Unless you take these words of Christ, these words of God, these inspired, anointed words, and apply them to your life, you can quote them all day long. But what I want to talk to you about are some practical things for you and I to make this an integral part of our daily life. And listen to me. Oh, some of this is not going to be easy to hear, but will you love me if I say them anyway? Two of you will. The rest of you have to get forgiveness. Hearing aids. Number one, I'm going to borrow this from my life's message last week. Didn't she do an awesome job on Mother's Day? No excuses. No excuses. Listen to me. I... I'm I'm not going to get all prophetic this morning. I can say one thing for certain. We are all closer to eternity today than we were yesterday. We simply don't have time for the excuses any longer of why we don't let this word become an integral part of our life. And listen, if you're here and you've not made a decision to follow Jesus, I, I I hope that you do and I hope that you do today. In fact, this would be a great way for you to start a new walk with Christ. Because so many people walk the aisle, give their hearts to Jesus, and never open this book. And can I tell you, that's a rocky soil. So number one, no excuses. No excuses. Number two, have a plan. Man, this is going to be really boring. But I, I need you to hear this part. Listen to me. You, you need to have two ways daily that you're putting this book into your life, these, these words into your life. Um, there are so many great devotional books, devotional apps. How many of you have a devotional app? I got one called Streams in the Desert. You ought to download it as soon as I say amen. Streams in the Desert. It's, it's a powerful devotion. Show up right on your phone. But I'm going to tell you that your devotional book, if that's what you're doing, I'm I'm glad that you're doing that. And I want you to continue to do that. I'm going to tell you it's not enough. 
It's not enough to read the, the, the daily Facebook post of a, you know, of, a, of, a, of a pastor that you follow that has a verse that he shares. I'm going to tell you that's not enough. It's not enough to just read these bits and pieces of Scripture. I'm going to tell you to have a devotional and to have a daily reading. Because here's what I need you to understand. Is that there is a depth to this word that you won't get one bite at a time here and there and other places. You need to read it. You need to read a book in its entirety, start to finish. People tell me, what, what, where should I start if I'm not a reader of, of Scripture? Start in the book of John. Read about, because here's what it will tell you. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All things were made by Him without anything. Nothing was made without Him. And he's, he's talking about the foundational truth that Jesus has always been here. And that this book, from beginning to end, is Jesus. And if you've got this idea that Jesus started in Matthew, you hadn't read enough. You need to, he's everywhere. He's all through the pages of this scripture. So I'm going to tell you to do your, do your devotion. That's good. And it'll help you. But have a plan for reading out of God's word every day. If it's one chapter, I don't care. But have a plan for starting a book. Start, read the Old Testament. Go Genesis to Revelation. Which if you've never done that, you ought to. It, will it be hard? Yes. You'll get somewhere around Leviticus and go, oh my goodness. It's hard to read. I'm not going to lie to you. And those of you that have done it know what I'm talking about. It's hard to read some of it. But can I tell you, you'll gain an insight for, for God's plan. Listen, you'll gain an insight for the scarlet thread of redemption that started in Genesis and wove its way until the birth of Christ. And you'll find him hanging on a cross. And then you'll find a, a man teaching the world about this Jesus. He's all, he's, that scarlet thread is woven all the way through this book. And the only way you're going to see that for yourself is to experience it. So have a plan. The third thing I want you to understand is Scripture and prayer go hand in hand. This is a spiritual book. You need to approach it, approach it from a spiritual perspective. Don't, don't let your Bible reading, don't let your devotion life become so habitual that you just do it because it's devotion time. God, I need to hear from you today. God, I, I'm, I'm opening the pages of your word and I need to hear your voice. Jesus, I'm doing what you said and I'm listening to you. Please speak to my heart. I dare you to pray that way. And here's what you'll find. When you understand, and, and, and this word gets in your heart, you know what you know will happen? It's your, your prayer life will change. When you're afraid, you'll pray Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? When, you're, when, you're, when you feel like the world's crashing around you, you'll pray Psalm 91, hide me under the shadow of the Almighty. Can I just tell you that there are times, and see, Pentecostal people like to, oh, I'm going to fix to make everybody mad. We just, here's what we want to do, is we want to just say, well, I'll just rely on the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. You can't neglect this book. And exp- That's how crazy things happen in church. It's because people that don't know this book 
That's how stupid things get said to people. Because they, they, they come to church and feel the hair on the back of their neck stand up and now feel like they're qualified to give people spiritual advice when they've never opened the book. The greatest revelation of Jesus is the pages of Scripture. Period. I don't care what you felt. I don't care how many goosebumps you had on your arm. The greatest revelation of Jesus is Scripture. Period. There we go. Scripture and prayer go hand in hand. Take time to listen. This is the biggest deal right here. Well, Dwayne, I would. I just don't have time. L- listen. Yes, you do. In the, in the span of human history, if, if human history is a day, four generations is 20 minutes. Okay? My math may be off, but you get the idea. Just back up four generations. Uh, let's just... I'm going to go back to my dad's mom. Two generations. Never drove a car. Didn't own a television until she was like 60. If I showed her this, she would freak out. Her parents, three generations away, grew up without electricity, grew up without modern conveniences that we (coughs) all enjoy. If they wanted butter, they had to go get it, a cow and a churn, I don't know how that worked. They they churned it, but I don't know know what that means. I don't know how long it took. (coughs) And I bet you, if you go back three generations, those people that, you know, if they wanted to go see their grandparents, had to make sure that the snow melted so they could cross the mountain. And if they wanted to let them know there was coming, if they could afford ink and a piece of paper, had to write a letter, and Lord knows when it would finally arrive. When I go see my dad, my 87-year-old dad, I send him a text message. Isn't that cool? He sent me a picture message. My dad sent me a picture message. Three generations ago? No. So listen. If they had time, and I hate to say it this way, but I bet if you back up three generations, if three generations ago your family were followers of Jesus, I bet you they know the scripture more than anybody in this room. Here's what I know. I'm a student of scripture. I read it a lot. My grandmother forgot more about the Bible than I've learned. So listen, don't tell me we don't have time. Don't don't say that. Here's what you can say. It's not a priority. You can't say you don't have time. You can say it's not a... Just call it what it is. 
If it's not a priority, then don't blame your calendar because you'll make time for what you want to do. It's not a priority. If it's not, if it's not, don't wonder why your world gets loud. Don't wonder why the noise is overwhelming sometimes. And oh, by the way, that might be a blessing as well. That might be the Spirit of the Lord calling you out of the noise. Jesus said in the book of Mark, come away with me to a quiet place. If you genuinely want to hear the voice of God, want to hear the love of Jesus, the voice of Christ, above all the other noise, then he, his word, his greatest revelation has got to be a big deal to you. What is it that you won't leave the house without doing? What, just think about it. I hope some of them involves personal hygiene issues. I I bet if we surveyed every person in the room under 40 years old that you don't leave the house without checking your phone. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. There are things that we put so high on our priority list. If you want to minimize the noise, and that's actually the last, your last villain. If you want to minimize the noise, And this, the revelation of God and his son Jesus in written form that's alive. Let me tell you something. If, if, if something didn't spark in your heart when I said it's alive, it's because you, you, you're not in it enough. Because I'm going to tell you that there are times when you can open the pages of this book and it will read your mail. There are times when you can open the pages of this book and and now I'm not going to tell you that, you know, when your carburetor explodes, you're going to find out the schematic for fixing it in this book. But I will tell you this. There is a principle and a precept for every part of our life. How much must God have loved you to assemble 40 different men and women? Take 1,500 years to put it together. And it's as alive and powerful today as it was when pen went to paper. Lastly, minimize the noise. I want to share this passage of scripture with you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Listen, I don't care what it is. If there's something in your life that's a greater priority than, than, than Christ and his plan for your life, throw it away. Throw it away. Listen to me. And, and this is radical, and you're going to push back at this. If your job separates you from God, quit tomorrow. Now, don't come to my house for supper, but how many know that sometimes it, it takes a radical choice to make a radical change. And, and, and listen, I, 
let me back up. Before you quit your job, you get on your face before the Lord and make sure that, that you're finding his way and purpose and plan. Throw it off. Throw off whatever's entangling, whatever's keeping you from being. And, and can I tell you, most time it's not our job. It's our calendar. It's the stuff that we've said yes to that had no business saying yes to. <clears throat> Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And here's the part you're not going to like, and, and then we're done. If I'm living a sinful lifestyle, I'm not going to open this book. Do you know why? Because this is the most convicting piece of literature that's ever been written. And if I'm enjoying my lifestyle, I'm, this, this book is going to conflict with what I, the way I'm living. And listen, if it does, listen to this. Choose this. Choose this way. Not what I say, what this book says. And the only way you're going to know it is to make it an integral part of every day of your life. Donna Cunn, I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions and then we're going to pray together. First of all, how would your life, your life, not your husband, not your wife, your kids, your grandparents, how would your life, my life be different if we did a couple things, if we pushed aside those distractions that kept us from hearing the voice of God, how would your life be different if you intentionally pushed away those things that compete, those competing voices? How would your life, how would my life be different if we made Scripture an integral part of our daily life? I want you to listen to me. I read the Bible a lot. And I'm going to tell you something. I read it a lot because I have to. It's pretty good for me to have a little bit of an idea what I'm talking to when I get up here. I'm in the middle of, of, of Bible school as well. So I have to, but listen, if I don't read it for Dwayne, if I don't open this book, not because I got to preach Sunday, but because I need the bread of life to fill my own soul, then I'm in trouble. Make scripture an integral part of everyday life. And number three, what if we really listen to the voice of Christ? What if we really took notice to his voice? And listen, and acted, made a change. That's where you come in today. Some of you are going to say, Pastor Dwayne, I need to make a change. I need to be intentional about making Scripture an integral part of my everyday life. And, and here's what I want you to do. All that happens in this room is, is we, take, we take heed. We take notice. The action is going to happen when you walk out of this room. What I'm going to pray for is that God gives you boldness. God gives you courage to make Scripture an integral part of your life so that the noise of life, you can focus through that noise onto the voice of Christ. And you can do what Jesus said when he said, listen to me. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Just so I knew I'm praying for this morning. Dwayne, I, I need Scripture to be an integral part of my life as never before. I, I, I need to move beyond where I'm at. I need, I need scripture to be a greater part of my life. The words of Jesus than ever before. Raise your hands so I know who I'm praying for. Whole bunch of hands. Here we go. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name. We are, we're taking notice of your word today. When Jesus said, listen to me. And we understand that the greatest revelation of Jesus is in the pages 
of your word. Your word will reveal the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. So God, I pray that all of us leave this place on mission. We leave this place convinced of our need of your word in our lives. And that we would daily seek your face in the pages of Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I usher serve you, I want to tell you one thing. If that's you and you want and, and you, you need some practical help, listen, I'll take that phone call all day long. If, if, you, if you want to find out some ways, some practical ways to make Scripture a more integral part of your life, please call us, send us an email, and, and we'll, we'll give you some tools. We'll give you some tools that will help you with doing some of that stuff. Uh, I, I believe in it. In Jesus' name, God, do that in all of our lives. Our ushers are preparing to serve you. need to do one little bit of house cleaning for you today before they come. Um, our online bank, our online giving went down sometime over the weekend. The, the website part went down over the weekend. I can't do anything about it till tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. So if, if you normally do that on Sunday, and many of you do, and we, we're so thankful for that, um, you will... Is it? Hallelujah. God heard my prayer this morning. <laughs> Y'all think I'm kidding. <laughs> so anyway, that was a big never mind. Thank you, Trent. So... <sighs> Our ushers are serving you. Thank you for your giving. We'll bless the offering once it reaches the front. God bless you. With that in mind, if you guys, some of, many of you have recurring donations that you do. If that were to happen on this weekend, you might want to double check, make sure that that happens. So there's that. <laughs>